hello welcome back to on the record on this episode we have sophia with us sophia is the co-president of the lgbtq plus community on campus name outreach at north central college so today we have sophia to talk to us about all of the issues lgbtq plus people face in the world on campus in the residence halls and how we as a community can best help those in need. So today, stay tuned to listen for more. Sophia, can you please introduce yourself? Yes, I am a junior here at North Central College. I am currently studying religious studies as my major and gender and sexuality studies as my minor. And I'm involved in a whole bunch of things on campus, including being an RA, um, as well as co-president of Outreach, which is North Central's LGBTQ plus and allies club. Thank you so much, Sophia, which is why I think you are the perfect person because you are so involved in everything and you are such an advocate on campus. So you are the perfect fit for this topic. So first, that's something, first question is obviously something everyone, every person who is not part of the LGBTQ community ask, even people who are part of the community always ask that question, is how can I tell if someone I know is lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, etc. So what what is a way someone can answer to a question? How can I tell if someone is part of the LGBTQ plus community? So short answer is you can't tell unless they tell you. Um, the long answer is there are ways that people within the community um, find each other, whether that be through certain codes of dress, you know, stickers on a laptop. There's all sorts of little hints that out people to the community um, use to find one another. Uh, but there's no one way that a queer person dresses or acts or exists in the world. Um, a lot of those assumptions we make are based off of stereotypes that are not essentially true for everyone. Um, so there's really no way to tell just by looking at someone if they're part of the community or not, unless they say they're part of the community themselves. Exactly. And I'm happy you bring up assumption because people always make assumptions and sometimes those are not true. Um, I wanted to ask, what should someone do if they think someone is lesbian, gay, bisexual or transgender um, but they haven't told them, you know, when people make those assumption and they're waiting for someone to say to say something, um, what what is something would you would you say to someone who are making assumption and waiting for a response? So definitely, if you think for whatever reason that someone is part of the community, um, don't go up to them accusing them of anything because that can put someone in a very uncomfortable position. Um, they might not be part of the community for one. Or they may be, and they might not be ready to come out. They might not be out to family. So assuming that someone owes you information about their identity is never a good place to start. Um, so don't be upset if you think, oh, a close friend or a family member hasn't told me this about them. And 
they know I care about them. So why haven't they told me? Um, it's usually much more complex about that. So don't take it personally if someone hasn't told you something about themselves. Um, I would say in general, just let it be. Um, you can always make yourself known as someone who is an ally to the community so that if they are looking to disclose that information, they know you're a safe person. Um, but in general, just let it be. Let them come out on their own time if they are part of the community. But also, again, they might not be. So it's always best to let people disclose aspects about their identity on their own terms rather than demanding answers from them, which can be very uncomfortable. Exactly. Speaking of allyship, how can someone make themselves more approachable to people who are part of the LGBTQ community? There are lots of big and little ways that this can be done. So on campus, we have lots of professors who put something like ally on their door, like a little sticker like that. And there's lots of little visible symbols you can use to indicate that you are an ally. I know my laptop is covered in stickers. <laughs> so that if I'm in class, people know I'm probably a safe person to talk to. Um, but you don't need to rely on like a secret code or visual symbols or anything like that. Um, I know as a queer person, when I'm in a group of new people for the first time, I tend to look at how they react when things about the queer community are brought up. Do they make faces? Do they avoid the topic completely? Are they open to the topic? If someone makes a remark that is homophobic, do they stand up for the community or not? Um, really, it's about just having authentic behavior and making it clear that you're not going to tolerate um, discrimination or homophobia or anything like that. Um, usually when I see that someone is willing to stand up for the community, whether they know I'm in it or not, that's how I know there's someone I would be able to trust with that information. So making sure you're standing up for the community, if that ever were to occur, is a big part of that. Yes. Now you speak of homophob homophobia and stuff like that. So what are some things people who are part of the LGBTQ community go through when they do make the decision to be open with the world so it's different for everyone um it can be a very positive experience or it can be extremely negative and you never know um what it's going to be um so don't assume you know someone's history with coming out or with their identity because it can be absolutely anything to be honest um some people experience a lot of joy around being able to be honest about their true identity. They feel like they're better able to connect to the community, that they're able to show up as their true selves. Um, they might experience other areas of their life getting easier because honestly, if you are in the closet for a long time, that can be a lot of strain on someone. Um, so a lot of people experience a sense of like joy and liberation and community when they come out. Um, but there's also real consequences from personal life to work life. Um, we definitely do not live in a day and age where everyone is openly accepted for who they are. Um, so there are people who have been thrown out of their houses for coming out, who have been fired, who are denied access to the care that they need, whether that be um, medical, financial, and otherwise. Um, so it is a vast spectrum um, when it comes to living as an openly queer person. And it is very complicated because of that. There's great joy, but there's also an risk that comes with being open about your identity. Yes, I really love that you, you 
give different examples of how sometimes it can positively impact someone and sometimes it could things may not turn out in a positive way. Now with that, I want to ask, um, especially as an RA on campus, if someone if someone wants advice from anyone on how can they support a person who wants to come out to the roommate, the professors, or the friends on campus. Um, let's say, for example, a resident walk up to you as an artist and say, hey, um, this is something I plan to do. I, I want to be more open with my roommate, with my professors. What advice would you give that student that or that resident on ways they can approach the conversation? I, as an RA, but also as a friend and a member of the community, would make sure that the resident or anyone really is prepared to make that choice. Um, it does come with risk, as I said. So making sure that student has a good support system in place, friends, family, or chosen family uh, that they feel like they can trust, that they can rely on to support them. Um, it's hard to come out because you really don't know what the response is. And I'm always happy when students feel that they are comfortable enough in their identity to say, hey, no matter what happens, this is a part of me that I'm not going to you know, hide in the closet forever. Um, I would definitely make sure that they feel like they are ready, that they're not pushing themselves to do it earlier than they want to, because that can be traumatic in and of itself to disclose information when you're not ready. But I would encourage them uh, to be themselves because LGBTQ plus people are protected on our campus. You know, we have rules about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if a student faces harassment or discrimination of any kind, um, that is not something that they just have to deal with. So I would tell them that if they choose to live as an openly out queer student or however they identify, um, that I would have their back, that I support them exactly as they are. And that if they were ever to face any consequences because of the decision to come out, um, that there's things that can be done to make sure they are fully supported and that those situations can be handled appropriately. Yes, yes, yes. Now, you also mentioned that um, when someone come out, the response might differ. So with that, I want to ask, as a person who live on campus or for people who live on campus, um, what are some ways to respectfully respond to someone when they come out or, or what are some ways you can, people can help support people who come out to them, especially on campus in the residence halls, in the classroom or in an organization? So I definitely think it depends on your relationship with the person um, that is coming out to you. If it's someone that you've known for a very long time and you're very close friends, you're going to react differently than it's, say, like a coworker. Um, so I think not making a huge deal out of it really helps because a lot of people feel a lot of pressure. They may be feeling anxiety. They might be feeling excitement. It really depends. Um, so not making a huge deal about it often helps and just normalizing that, hey, 
actually not all of us are cisgender. Not all of us are straight. There's a bunch of different identities and normalizing someone saying that there's something different in those identities um, is a big part of that. So definitely keeping the pressure low. Um, don't pepper them with a bunch of questions afterwards. Uh, just because they're telling you about one part of their identity doesn't mean you get to hear their whole backstory of what age were you when you knew? Um, how did you find out? Have you had sex with this type of person? Have you had this surgery? That's very invasive questions. Um, just because someone's telling you about their sexual orientation or their gender does not mean you're entitled to say their medical history or intimate details about their previous relationships. You wouldn't do that for a straight cisgender person. So don't do it for a queer person. Um, I think the biggest thing is just offering support. Um, and again, this has to do with what your relationship is. So if it's a close friend, you can say something like, I'm really glad you felt safe talking to me about this. This is definitely um, an important part of you and I want to respect that. So I feel honored that you feel comfortable telling me that. Um, if a coworker just in passing says, oh yeah, me and my girlfriend in your head, you're like, girlfriend, is she gay? You really don't have to say much. You can just be like, okay. And that's it. You know, it, it has to do with normalizing, making the person feel comfortable and making sure they know that you're there for them if they need you. This was only the first part of the conversation we had with Sophia. For more, we'll be releasing part two of the conversation in our next episode. Once again, thank you for listening to On The Record. And don't forget to come back for more of those special topics.